Hi there. Welcome to OTs Get Paid, the podcast for OT entrepreneurs, where we learn about everything you need to know to move from thinking like a therapist to acting like a CEO and making good money along the way. Are you curious how to continue to be true to your mission of helping others as an OT and get paid what you're worth? Do you want to know the best tips that add zeros to your bank account? Do you wonder how other OTs do it too? I'm your host, Trish Williams, a Canadian, a mom, a not-so-closet choir nerd, an occupational therapist of over 26 years. I spent most of those years loving my profession, but secretly wishing I could get paid a lot more. Did I feel like I had an important job that had great impact on my clients and society? Check. Did I also wish I could feel validation in that work through getting paid enough to feel financial freedom? Check, check. So finally in my 40s, as a single mom who needed to get real with my income, I built two six-figure businesses including my latest as an OT entrepreneur coach at Trish Williams Consulting. And through this, I heard the secret shame that others felt the same way too. So I'm raising my voice and raising my profile of this issue and probably raising my prices. I'm here to talk about OTs making money. So let's do like Scrooge McDuck and dive into those giant piles of gold coins and get swimming and start this episode. Welcome, OT entrepreneurs, to Season 2, Episode 20, Learning Marketing Secrets from an OT Coach with Jill Garafa. So if you haven't heard by now, it is February, and that is the one-year anniversary month of our OTs Get Paid podcast. We are so thrilled. We cannot believe how far we've come. And to celebrate this milestone, we are celebrating you, our listeners, and this podcast this month. We're going to be highlighting some listeners, reading some reviews, and we are even having a giveaway. Now, I am actually recording this before February, so you will have heard about this giveaway last week, and I have no idea how it's going. (laughs) I'm like literally speaking into a mic in January, so I'm really hoping it's going well. We've never done a giveaway before. Let's see how this is going. You are going to get a gift. It is a little secret. It's something that I bought months ago, bought one for myself, and I bought it with the intention of giving it away during our podcast celebration month. It fits with our mission of female empowerment and supporting women's growth and entrepreneurship and our chosen partner of social justice, which is Dress for Success. You're also going to get a free day of Voxer. A free day of Voxer is where you get to use me as your coach over Voxer for five hours. This is traditionally priced at $6.97 and we are giving it away for free. And I'm really, really excited to connect with people that wouldn't necessarily be able to afford any of my services at this point, although we are having masterclasses now. That's something we're trying to change and offer things at different price points. But I just love doing these. It's great fun. It's asynchronous. So we get to kind of live our lives and I get to be of service to you. So how do you enter the giveaway? The first is please take the OTs Get Paid quiz. This is a quiz. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, please do, where we explain the different stages of business to know what to do right now at the right time in order to become a get paid peep. 
Growing a business isn't the same at any stretch, and we break it into three different categories, and we help you know how to grow into the next level, what to do next, and really so that you can get paid, so that you're not leaving any money on the table and you're not working on, you know, the wrong things at the wrong time. We want women here or people who identify as women to have more money because we know they give it away. They do more with their money. Thank you, Mackenzie Scott. Thank you, Melinda Gates. And they are like our OGs. Mama told me so. And we want you to have more money in your pocket so you can do the same thing. There's a link to the show notes or go to our website, trishwilliamsconsulting.ca backslash quiz. Also, I want you to take a shot of either the podcast or the quiz or whatever on social media and hashtag it OTs get paid. We are going to choose a winner at random for our giveaway. I think it might be Super Kate, our ops manager, and that's open until midnight PST on February 28th. We are going to announce the winner on the podcast and in social media on March 8th. And as I mentioned before, just because so many of you met her (laughs) um, at the OT Entrepreneur Summit Live, and I feel like we're all family, that is my little darlingest home teen's 18th birthday, my daughter. So it's kind of a nice theme all around. And because it is February, we are reading a listener review every week, not like we were before when we were supposed to be doing the monthly and then somebody didn't follow through. I think that would be me. We are doing a listener review. So here is the review that came in on October 5th, 2021, chosen at random. Thought-provoking and actionable. Thank you for sharing this amazing resource. I love listening on my way to work. My only downfall is I can't take any notes in the moment. Your podcasts are always thought-provoking and actionable. As a clinic owner, I'm appreciative of all that you share. Thank you. Well, thank you. And that is from Allison Hendricks of Collaborative Approach Therapy Services. So because it is Listener Celebration Month, we have gone to look at Collaborative Approach Therapy Services. And lo and behold, I didn't even try this, you guys. Allison is a Canadian and Allison has cats, kids. She has adult services as well. She's located in Ontario, in Guelph, St. George, and in Toronto. So let's take a quick look at Allison's bio. She co-founded the Collaborative Approach for Therapy Services, CATS, in 2018 with Sue Wall. And she is a specialist, it seems, in sensory integration, cognitive behavior therapy, therapeutic listening, and progressive goal attainment skills. Oh boy, I do love those. She's a graduate of McGill from 2008. And loves to work with other therapists, and also as a field work coordinator. She considers herself to be a very holistic therapist. She lives in Guelph, and she participates in Ultimate Frisbee and women's hockey and lots of toddler playgroups. I'm assuming Allison has toddlers. (laughs) And if not, that could be really, really interesting. Thank you, Allison. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for all the therapists out there that listen. Please, you guys, go to Allison's website, catherapyservices.ca, and see what she is doing. If you like it, reach out and say hi and told her you heard, you heard her on this podcast. So today's episode is wonderful. I have a beautiful occupational therapist who is very experienced in the service industry as an OT coach with private contracts, but mostly corporate contracts. And, you know, 
she is really going to talk about what you need in order to pivot to be an OT coach. Do you need any extra, you know, accreditation? How do you build and market yourself as an OT coach or the coaching part of OT, even if you don't want to call yourself an OT coach. I hear a lot of peds therapy owners that say, well, I'd love to market more coaching to my clients, to my parents, but how do I do that? This is the episode for you. I am very, very excited to bring on our next guest, Jill Garafa. Welcome, Jill Garafa. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. You know, Jill, you actually reached out to me to see if there could be a connection for coming on the podcast. And I love that. I love that because A, I'm always looking for guests. So shout out to people if they are at all interested in becoming a guest. And B, you know, it speaks to a real can-do attitude Mm. about being an OT. Before I ask you the initial question, kind of what do you do and how do you get paid? I want to ask you about that can-do attitude. Do you have that for everything? I have that for everything that I'm super passionate about. Yeah. I have that personality. Like I make things happen, you know, I'm like a get it done, make things happen kind of person. So I don't just sit passively, wait for things to happen. I kind of make them happen. So I thought, you know what? If I want to get out there, I need to pick up the phone. I need to make connections. And again, it's harder to do now because the world is shut down, right? So I'm not going to networking events. I'm not hosting workshops in the community. I'm not doing that stuff anymore. So it's like I have to actually make a bigger effort to, you know, be more visible on Facebook and like pick up the phone and things like that. So yes, the answer is yes. I'm so glad that you did. And I love this as inspo for those who feel stuck and feel like they're not sure if they should. All real marketing and sales, because that's what we're talking about for season two in particular is about connection. And by reaching Mm. out, we've now made this great connection. So thank you. So Jill, tell people how you get paid, meaning what is it that you do? So thank you for the question. So first and foremost, I'm an occupational therapist. I will always identify in my deepest heart as an occupational therapist. However, these days I get paid to be a coach. And what that looks like is I mostly work in the corporate arena as a corporate coach. I help burned out, disenchanted professionals navigate their way through their current circumstances and their positions and find a way out where they can basically recreate themselves. Or I help them build resiliency skills to stay in the current job that they have. So for basically the past, oh my gosh, for 20 years, I've been a coach as a side hustle, okay? So it started as a little hobby, then from a side hustle, and then it grew to the point where I was legit. Like I actually had genuine corporate contracts where, you know, I was working for bigger companies and They were paying me money to go in there and work with their quote unquote underperforming employees, right? Or employees that were sort of not living up to their potential or new managers that were sort of in a new position navigating like that. So that's how it started and like loved it. This is really fun. Like this is a cool, fun way to be an occupational therapist, like literally be an occupational therapist because I was working in occupations and people's occupations. And yes, I'll stop there because I could go on and on. But yeah, I've basically built my career working with all kinds of professionals. I say I'm a personal coach for professional people. Mm, I love that. Ultimately what I do. So you have corporate contracts and private pay. Is that correct? Correct. Yes, I do both. We'll get into a bit more of the offers in a minute. But so you 
run your own business now. You have an umbrella by which you obtain these corporate contracts and these private pay clients. Is that right? Correct. Yes. Okay. So what was, you know, we always, again, the number two question that we ask around here is that fist on the table moment. For every Mm -hmm. entrepreneur, they have this moment where they put their fists on the table and they say, oh, there's got to be a better way. What was it that had you move into making your own private practice, whether you're getting private pay contracts or corporate? contracts. What was that for you? Oh my gosh. Honestly, it was an evolution. There was many, many fist on the table moments, right? (laughs) That's pretty Um, real. But I can tell you genuinely it was an evolution. The first seed that was planted, believe it or not, was on my internship. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm from New Jersey and at my school, I went to Kane University and way back in the day, literally 30 years ago, we had to do a psych internship. That was like one of the required ones, right? And I remember being on my psych internship, looking around thinking, everybody needs these skills. Like I was teaching people coping strategies and stress management and that kind of stuff. And I thought to myself, everybody needs this. Maybe if everybody had this, people wouldn't have the problems that they have, right? Then it happened again, just working in physical dysfunction on rehab. I was like, my gosh, like people need to learn how to eat better. People need to learn to exercise and manage their stress. Maybe they wouldn't have heart attacks, right? So it was that whole experience. And then the funny thing was, I remember being a new grad. I was like 23, right? Working in rehab. And it was a big gym. It was a big teaching hospital I worked at, right? And I remember looking around and going like, why aren't there any old therapists? There was literally the oldest therapist was 29. Was 29. And I was... 23 at the time. And I thought, what happens? What happens to people? Right. You know what I mean? Like, is there some secret place that older therapists go? What happened? So that was when it was beginning. That was when it was beginning. Like I was still full of fire and passion for my job as an OT and did all the things and whatever. And then as the years were going on, I was probably treating around, I don't know, I was treating about 12 years as a therapist. And I'll never forget. I mean, again, many, many, many moments, but there was a moment where I was treating a hip fracture, I think it was, right? Teaching this hip fracture lady how to use a reacher, how to use a socket, blah, blah, blah. And I thought to myself, there has got to be more than this, right? There's got to be more than this. I was so bored because every single one of my treatment notes was like ADLs, bathing, toileting, mobility, dressing, blah, blah, blah. I felt like I was working on an assembly line every single minute of the day. It was like a new patient would come in the gym and I love my patients. I love them, but I was so completely and utterly bored and disenchanted with the actual treatment sessions because I felt limited. I felt limited. I'm like, oh my God, there's a hundred things I can be doing with this person. And Medicare is only going to pay for toileting and dressing and And, you know, anybody listening to this working in active healthcare right now, like it's a rat race. It's constant, never ending. And then you'd show up and your patient would be soiled. And then like half my session was like changing a diaper. Then I'd have 10 minutes left and I would get the patient into their wheelchair and like, okay, that's your whole session, you know? And then I had to document that and get all creative with what I was saying because I had to make it look like it was a treatment session when really I was being like- Other than helping nursing, yep. Totally. I was like being basically a nurse's aide and I had to fub all of my treatment notes. And I was like, I can't do this for the next 30 years. You know what I mean? And and that's when I hired a coach. I personally got fed up and I hired a coach. That coach, again, there was many pivots, but she essentially helped me recreate my skill set. And she wasn't an OT. She was just a coach, right? A life coach. 
And she helped me realize like, wow, I have a lot of skills. I have a lot of passions. She helped me repurpose all of the things I was good at. And my very first active move out of the therapy gym was as a marketing coordinator. So that was my first move. I was like, all right, I got to get out of this gym. So I changed out of my khaki pants and sneakers and polo shirts, and I traded it in for a whole wardrobe of classy, dressy, cute suits and heels. And, and again, I used my personality. I was like, I could talk to anybody. I could sell ice to an Eskimo, right? Mm -hmm. So I used my entire background as a therapist and I totally pivoted with zero, zero marketing experience. Mm -hmm. I went into an interview at a hospital, a rehab hospital, and I totally sold myself. I was like, I can do this. And I did it. And I did it. They like loved my personality. They're like, all right, we trust you. You've got this. And the funny thing, I'll never forget it. The woman was like, listen, she goes, you've sold me on this job and you didn't even have any experience. It's just like, if you could sell me, you could sell anybody. So you're hired. And then, you know, I worked there for a long time and pivoted a dozen more times just in that position at the hospital. But that was my first moment. And then totally getting out. Again, it was a slow evolution. It went from a full-time job to a part-time to a PRN to like totally being out of the job. So Um, it sounds, tell me if I have this right. It sounds as though... That fist on the table moment that I can't do this for 30 more years came with the inspiration to hire a coach who basically did activity analysis of your skill set. Yes. Which you then repurposed your skill set into different jobs. So it sounds as though you were able to do that activity analysis to some of your core strengths and you grabbed at opportunities and attempted new things. Do I have that? Absolutely correct. Yes, exactly. Hey, Trish. Yes, Ashley. As an OT entrepreneur who's just starting to make money, I bet you've thought, oh my gosh, I just got my first few clients. What the heck do I do now? Don't worry. At Therabyte, we have you covered. We heard you and we created intake and consent templates just for you. So you've downloaded the template and now you can say, amazing. I know exactly how to get my clients started. Oh, I wish I'd had this in the beginning. I pulled everything together and needed something this efficient. Okay, so where can listeners find these templates, Ashley? Super easy. The link will be in the show notes. You just hop over to our website, find templates, and you've got your download. Sounds great. Like I pivoted. I was like, okay, because again, my initial belief was... I can't do anything else because I've only been trained as an OT, right? I believed that deep in my bones because I had spent years of time and money and I sat for a national exam and all the things, right? I was like, this is the only thing I know how to do. I didn't have a business degree where I could do anything. I'm an OT. Like, what else can I do? But she really had me realize like, no, I have a lot of skills and yes, there's clinical skills, but there's also, again, just natural talent and passion and personality and all these things. And how do I package that? How do I sell myself? You know, I actually was smiling and I'll give a little asterisk here because I have a bit of the same experience. Back, I think I'd been in OT for about five years and I was living in the US and I had moved to Manhattan for my partner's job. And I was like, I just got to get out of scrub. So I wound up putting on really nice clothes and doing the exact same thing. I actually thought <laughs> out the book, What Color Is Your Rainbow? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. No, what Color Is Your Parachute? What Color Is Your Parachute? Like yeah. mid-90s people. So I kind of self 
activity analysis myself. And I wound up being a producer for a health channel, iVillage, which was like brand new online. Like it was kind of one of the first blogs. And I remember thinking like a year ago, I'd been in like scrubs in the gym in Boston at Spalding Rehab. And then 10 months later, I was wearing really nice shoes in New York City. Isn't that great? (laughs) I had a blast. And I remember- like, look at me, right? But I felt back then I was cheating a little bit. And now I wouldn't say that at all. Like I felt like I was cheating on the profession or maybe I just gave up on the profession or, and now I just see it as like a very non-traditional role for an OT. I was still in healthcare. I was producing, I was editing, I was writing and all, you know, skills that I use today. So I was smiling when you were talking about that kind of almost outer costume change, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, It's funny that you say that because I did, I genuinely went through that phase too. I felt like I turned my back on the profession. Mm-hmm. I had a little bit of a guilt because I was like, you know what? The world needs OTs that work in genuine healthcare, right? And I felt a little bad that I jumped ship. Mm-hmm. I jumped ship. Well, I like, and I I'm, glad, I'm glad that you brought that up and you kind of felt the same way. Do you feel that way now? No, not at no, all. Either. In fact, I feel like I'm doing a service to Me the too. profession. So again, like no disrespect to my mentors and teachers back in school. Again, 30 years ago, I graduated in 1991 which is a very long time ago. But back then, like our options were like- We're on the same wavelength. I'm a 94 grad, so there Okay, there you go. Yeah. Yay, go 90s. (laughs) Go big hair. (laughs) Early 90s. Go early 90s. Early 90s, right? Yeah, big hair. And uh, so, yeah, like it was limited, right? And again, when I first went into OT, I sort of always saw myself in the medical field, right? Like that's where it started. And that was great. And then all the skills I learned, I sort of filtered through- that medical model, right? Like, again, I always saw myself working at a rehab hospital or big teaching hospital. Like I had big aspirations, right? And all of my professors, like that was pretty much our only options. You went into physical dysfunction, you went into psychiatric, or you went into pediatric. And that was it. Those were your options, right? Three Mm -hmm. channels. Kind of like TV. Back then, there was like three, four big channels, right? Now there's hundreds of options. Um, Like I grew up, there was like three channels, right? Now there's like hundreds of channels. So it was kind of like that with my career. There was like three options. It's all I thought about. But now I'm like, no. Like if you really look at what we do as OTs, right? Like the framework of OT, this is what really gets me. Is like, if you go back into the framework of OT, there's 47 occupations. 47 of them, the medical model allows you to practice roughly seven, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, again, that's generally speaking is what insurance covers, at least in the United States, in New Jersey, that is my frame of reference, okay? But roughly ADLs, mobility, that's pretty much it. Like even cognition, I remember writing cognition goals one time and somebody slapped my wrist. They're like, you can't write cognition goals. Speech therapy does that. I was like, what are you talking about? In what universe does, you know, why can't OTs do cognition? And that was another one of my hand on the fist moments. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Why am I so limited? So essentially there's 47 occupations and we are only really paid in the medical model to only work on a handful of them. And then even worse, you know, you have to get everything done in six sessions or two weeks or whatever the framework is, right? And again, coming from a medical model, therapy, rehab, generally it's a 10-day stay, right? A 10-day, 12-day hospital stay. If you're in subacute, what, 30 days, something like that. If you're in home care, you get so many visits. I felt so limited. I'm like, oh my God, 
it was just a terrible feeling. I was like, I want to do more. I want to do more and I want to provide a space for other therapists to do more. You know? I do. Let's put a pin in that because I want to ask that question in a second. But I know because I've spent a lot of time in the space and I'm sure you have too. How do you answer the question that a lot of people that are listening are thinking right now, which is, okay, then how do you become a coach as an OT? Do you need to take coaching training? I have an opinion on that. I'd love to hear yours. No, it's an excellent question. And it's so funny. I literally just did a webinar earlier today about that exact topic. So the short answer, I'm all keyed up about it. Yes. So the short answer is no, you absolutely do not need, quote unquote, need. You do not need a certification in coaching in order to be a coach as an OT. Absolutely, positively not. Okay. Totally depends on how you see yourself working as a coach in the OT framework, in the OT model. Again, going back, there are 40 plus occupations that you can be a coach around. Okay. A real good example, again, is I'll just say, you know, driving. Okay. I don't do driving, but driving's a thing. That's a known thing. Okay. That OTs are trained, certified, blah, 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 to be driving coaches. You can't just like launch out and say, Hey, I think I'm going to start doing driving as a thing, as a coach, right? No, you need training and credentials and competency if you're going to launch out and do driving rehab. Okay. Coaching from a personal coaching standpoint is a little bit like that. Okay. So again, you can theoretically go into any area. Okay. Again, I have it next to me, but I don't want to get distracted, but 40 plus different occupations, everything from sleep and health management and whatever. The more training you have though, the more competent and more confident you're going to be. Right. So again, I would not as a therapist call myself a hand therapist without training as a hand therapist, I would be doing a huge disservice to people coming to me for hand therapy if I've never actually taken a course or I have no idea what I'm doing or I'm not certified. So there is a difference between the skills that I use as a coach because I am certified, okay, are a little bit different than what I say a skills-based coach, okay? So as an OT, if you're going to launch out and do coaching as an OT and you're going to pick a handful of the occupations on the list of occupations. And my God, if you've done it and you know what you're doing and you're just out there to like coach and train and teach and you're doing it more of a consultant role or a mentoring role or a teaching role, yeah, you really technically don't need any coaching skills, okay? The coaching skills that I have that, again, I paid a lot of money for it, a lot of time and went all the way up the ranks of ICF certification and everything, they're more from a standpoint of personal coaching. Okay. So what that means is I have extensive training in coaching the person, not the problem. So it really comes back into self-efficacy and building up confidence and building up self-esteem and building up how you see yourself within the problem, within the context of the problem. Right. And then the other thing is quote unquote, there is no problem. Again, that's a little bit like woo woo. Okay. But the way that I got trained is you work with the person and there's nothing wrong and there's nothing to fix and there's nothing broken. Very often people show up to a situation and they feel like not good enough, not strong enough, not trained enough, not credentialed enough, not whatever enough, fill in the blank. And I'm like, no, like everything's perfect, right? You've got this right now. You've got this. There is nothing wrong. So the big difference is like, you know, I say therapy is like an antibiotic where coaching is like a vitamin, 
Nobody needs coaching. Nobody needs it. But if you get it and you start applying it, you'll just be a better version of yourself all around. I love that. And I love that you feel so passionate about it. And I happen to completely agree with you. And I'm glad to hear it from somebody that's been doing coaching even longer than I have. It makes me feel like I'm on the right track. Let's move away a bit from kind of the clinical to your business. I would love to hear the income and the impact goals that you had for your business last year and that you have for your business this year. It's a really loaded, big, open question. So feel free to answer it any way that you want. Yeah, sure. So my main source of income is my corporate contracts. Okay, I'll just say that because I have a very, and I admit this, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners do too. I have a very high value around security. Okay, I just do. I like to pay my bills and I like to eat. So with that said, it's very nice to have a steady income. So my corporate contracts provide that. Okay, so in this moment, I have a corporate contract with BMW. I have a corporate contract with Verizon, and I just completed a corporate contract with a law firm. And the cool thing is the law firm that I was working for, actually, I wouldn't just work for any law firm, okay? But it was really cool what they did. It was a law firm that specialized in, get this, wait for it, they specialized in going after insurance companies that Mm. didn't pay medical providers. Oh. How awesome is that, right? So medical providers that would submit their bill to the insurance company. And the insurance company would say, no, sorry, we're not going to pay that. This insurance, this this uh, law firm went after them, okay? So I got tapped to work for them as an internal coach slash employee engagement person. So I was like on their team for, it was a six-month contract. And then with BMW and Verizon, I've been on their books for like four years now, okay? And I also, again, when I had the hospital job, I pivoted a half a dozen times from marketing coordinator. And then I ended up being, again, an internal coach. I was the person that coached the employees, did all the engagement. I would go to meetings. I would handle conflict with nurses and whatever, therapists and whatever. I did all their activities, like you know, employee activities and events and blah, blah, blah. And I did that, again, in the role as a coach internally. So corporate contract is my main gig, right? So I would say 70% of my income is consistent from a corporate contract. And with the corporate contracts, I get paid as a 1099 employee. And it's essentially a retainer. Like I get paid a retainer. And I'll just give you an average, like roughly, if you want numbers, roughly $2,500 a week is from corporate contracts. Okay. So I have a certain set of time that I put aside. That is my corporate contracts. That's my main income. I also have a percentage of my income that's private clients. Okay. And these are people that have found me online, they've Googled my name, they've become a referral from another client that I might've worked with that, you know, just heard that I'm effective, I do good work and somebody from knows somebody that knows somebody. So private referrals, website, Googling. And then again, I've been on a couple of podcasts and people hear my name that way and people hear my name on Facebook. That's another way that my name gets out there, right? So Facebook, just commenting in groups and things like that. So yes, a percentage, I would say 70% corporate Mm -hmm. and about 30% is private. And you have your own Facebook group as well. Yes, I do. Yeah. My OT coaches. So I'm super excited. It's growing organically and uh, I'm over like 710 people right now, which for me is a big deal. That's exciting because I didn't, 
advertise that. That's just naturally. And it's funny. I have to just share this. So when I was first starting out, I was like the only OT coach that I knew. I'm like thinking, this is so OT, like other people should be doing this. And I was just wondering, genuinely curious. I'm like, I wonder if there's any OTs out there that are also doing this. So I just put it out there and it started to attract people and it was so exciting. So there's a whole bunch of people in the OT coaches Facebook group that are already certified professional coaches that are like working as coaches in all different arenas of OT. And then there's also a lot of people in there that are interested in it, that they're not coached, you know, certified yet or they're just dabbling or whatever. So it's super exciting. Yeah, it's growing and I'm loving it. So I love how you are talking about the income and the structure. Tell me a bit about your, I'm going to ask a two-parter and I'm almost asking it out loud. So I'm reminding myself, this is a marketing and sales season. So I want to make sure we talk about how you actually marketed yourself to get the corporate contracts. You talked about that with your private, but let's keep down this vein of, you know, income goals, et cetera. How do you first obtain a private client? So if they are, you know, reaching out to you and they want to work with you, what kinds of offers do you have there and what are the fees? Great question. Okay. So I always offer like at least a chat on Facebook or a 15 minute discovery call, right? Just to answer people's brief questions. So I'll do a 15 minute free conversation. If it seems like the person could potentially benefit from coaching, I always offer an initial offer, which is a two-week trial, okay? And I'll talk about the rates in a minute. Because in that 15-minute conversation, not everybody's stuff, you, you might not even need a coach, okay? But, and again, nobody needs a coach, but you might not, coaching might not be the answer for you. It might be a mentor or something else, right? So I always sort of gauge in that first 15 minutes if somebody is even a good potential candidate for coaching. So my very first offer is always a two-week trial and you're going to laugh and you might even slap me on the wrist when you hear my rate because it's so ridiculously low and I do that intentionally and purposefully, okay? Because I don't do free coaching. I never do free coaching. But what I offer as a very first like on-ramp is a two-week trial. The two-week trial is $99, okay? It's very low cost, very low risk. Most people have $99 that they can invest. In that two weeks, I am not only assessing the person's candidacy for coaching to see if they're a good candidate, but they're also assessing me. They're listening to my energy, my vibe. We're seeing if we're a good fit. Does this feel natural? Is this easy? Do you feel uplifted? Do you feel inspired? Do you feel like I'm a good coach for you, that I can get the best out of you? And then do I feel like you're, quite frankly, an easy client? Because I don't want to work real hard, okay? Like, and I'm very transparent I'm so about glad that. You said that out loud. That's I, great. I don't want to work. I, I, I like literally don't want to work, okay? So all of my clients that I have, I generally freaking love them. I love all of them. And the truth is I would coach them for free if I could because that's how much I love them all. But obviously I need to eat and need to pay the bills. So I have different rates. And again, if you lock in, I have three different packages. I have 10 session a 20 session and a 30 session package. All three of those have different price points. The 10 session package lasts anywhere from, I don't know, three weeks to six months, depending on how many you use at one time. The second tier, the 20 package, usually that's about six months. And then the last one is a year, which is 30 sessions. 
that lasts a little bit longer. So again, the rates go from, again, I usually break it up into 12 payments because that's a little bit more affordable for people because I'm very committed that what I do and what I provide is affordable. I don't want to freak people out, okay? So my rates run from anywhere from 220 a month all the way to like 495 a month if people stretch it out for 12 months. So again, depending on the package, it's a little bit more, a little bit less. But yeah, that's kind of how I roll. And it works because after two weeks, some people are like, yeah, I'm good. I don't need any more coaching. I'm like, awesome. And sometimes after two weeks, I'm like, yeah, we're not a good fit. So if we're not a good fit, it's one of the reasons, um, Trish, I reached out to you because I'm actively reaching out to lots of OTs and coaches and business people right now because sometimes people aren't a good fit for me. So when they're not, I want to authentically and with integrity be able to say, hey, you know what? We're not a great fit, but you know who you would be really good for? You should totally call Trish. You need to call Trish or you need to call whoever. So it's exciting. Like I want to have that network and collaborate. Yeah, I agree. And I think that you can only, I mean, it's sales 101, right? It's about serving with the greatest good, with the most integrity, with being ethical and authentic. And additionally, knowing that there's always more work and knowing that there might be people who can do it better. I'm constantly shouting out to others as well. And I think that's wonderful, especially as this market gets more saturated. Like you said, you were kind of feeling like the only OT coach in the world for a long time. And now that it is more active, it's really good to be able to say that person has that niche, for example. So I want to ask a follow-up question on that. How did you decide on that pricing strategy? Oh, so my original rates as a coach a long time ago, when I was first, first, first coming out of coach training and first sort of get my confidence up, I doubled my salary. So like, in other words, at that time, I don't know what I was making an hour, like say 30, 40 bucks an hour, right? So my first rates were, whatever I was making as a therapist, I just doubled it. And that worked for a long time. And then every year I just went up a little bit more. And, and again, the, the corporate market is a very different structure pricing wise than the personal mm-hmm. market. So I know what I get paid when I'm doing corporate coaching. And I wanted it to be in alignment with, again, the value that I'm producing, but also not so high mm-hmm. that people can't afford it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I say that very transparently, like I've had other coaches tell me, oh, your rates are too low. You need to raise your rates. You know, they're way too low. And maybe that's true. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's true. But I also know that I want to have a structure that is sustainable for the market that I'm attracting. And the market that I'm attracting very often are new grads that, you know, sadly, nowadays, and again, I did not start out to be an OT coach. Like I said, I started out on corporate and corporations and HR departments and all that. But now I'm like sort of dabbling in this world of OT because it's truly, it's breaking my heart. It's breaking my heart. I'm getting calls from therapists that are out of school six months, a year, two years, and they're already like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm like, that's terrible. Like it took me 12 years to get sort of burned out and you're getting burned out in six months. So again, I want to have my rates be in alignment with my value because I know my worth and I know my value. There's, you know, but at the same time, I want it to be something that would be realistically fit in to a budget of somebody that's also still trying to eat and pay the bills and pay off their student loans and, you know, figure out what they're doing in the world. Well, and that's knowing your ideal client and that's yeah. pricing the client and that problem. And it's also, you know, that you're making more with your corporate so you can share that revenue piece, right? Like we charge high rates. I also 
deal with different problems. I solve different problems at a different journey in the customer journey. I also decide to support, you know, female entrepreneurship and women supporting other women by donating a portion of our revenue every year to dress for success because that's an alignment with like the missions and the the values of OTs get paid. So I love that you're really clear on that. And I want people that are listening to know there are lots of different ways of creating not only your prices, but your pricing strategy. And part of that like $99 kind of gate crasher um, (laughs) for fit is totally brilliant. So Let's talk a little bit about, um, before we start to kind of wrap things up, let's talk a little bit about how people, how did you get corporate accounts? Like I I honestly would have no idea where to start for that. And I know a lot of people, that sounds like a really beautiful situation for themselves. How did that happen for you? Very, again, like relationships, building relationships, building trust, Mm -hmm. having integrity, being of the greatest possible service that you could possibly be for the current clients that you have right now. And honest to God, all of those accounts happened because somebody that I was coaching personally was like, wow, you're so good. And I'm so grateful for everything that you've done for me. And they recommended me to their HR department. Literally, that's how it happened. Somebody that I was coaching that was paying me to coach them personally and privately worked for BMW. And then the next thing you know it, I got a call from BMW and they're like, Hey, we heard you coached Renee and you did a great job. And we've seen the change in her. She's so much more confident now, blah, 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 like all the things. And, you know, let's talk and here's what we need. These are the things we're seeing. Like, okay. So then we talked prices and what it's going to look like. Same thing for Verizon. I had somebody again, that was just found me online that just Googled my name or Googled coaching or whatever, and stumbled across my website work with that person, same thing with Verizon. And then the last thing was the law firm. And that was a cool thing because the law firm gig, uh, this is a cool story. So I was on a networking, like it was a Zoom, it was during the pandemic. It was when the pandemic first happened and it was a Zoom networking thing. And I just showed up and it was that moment in the networking thing where everybody goes around and you know you do your like little 30 second commercial. And I did my 30 second commercial and then that was that and like, blah, 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 like the whole Zoom thing ended. And then about two days later, I get a phone call from somebody and he's like, hi, my name is so-and-so. I work for Calgary Law and, you know, Sean was on the on the Zoom and he really loved your energy and he loved everything you shared. Like he would love to talk to you about possibly working together. I was like, awesome. So we talked and that whole contract took about four months, honestly from beginning to end, it was about four months of going back and forth of what's this going to look like and what do you need and, you know, how you need me to show up. And you know what I mean? Like, cause there's like what the company thinks they need and then there's what they actually need. So there was that little gap and we sort of worked back and forth to get clear and then that happened. So, so yeah, so all of them, and this is going to sound so cheesy, but I was just being myself. I genuinely was being myself and I was approached. I was approached. I didn't pick up the phone and call. Sometimes I do pick up the phone just to get my name out there and whatnot. But all three of them, I was approached. And um, and it was because I was wanting to give service. So You have a secret sauce and your secret sauce is clearly passion and personality. And you don't have a lot of like tips or tricks. Like there's nothing super sexy about how like, right. We can't like do this crazy hook title podcast, like Jill's five sexy tips for like, you know, building your OT coaching business. It's literally 
the basics. It's like do really, really amazing work. Yes. Get great referrals from it. Show up as yourself. And you really are working in your zone of genius. Like you said, you don't want to work hard, which I love because I just think it works on so many levels. But it also means like I want to work where it's easy for me. Yes. Yes. I always say OTs can work hard. We just don't always have to sign up for the hard work. Yeah. Right? Like yes. they're treating a t- kid with autism is wicked hard. Very right? hard. I've done it. I've gotten spit on and oh, yeah. hit. And 100%. Punched and, Whereas yeah. I think like I work really hard as a, yes. as a OT business coach, but it's not hard work. No. It was really hard work being a pediatric clinician. And so that's kind of what I heard between the lines when you said, yeah, yeah, it's, it's the truth. And again, that's one of the wonderful things about like going into this type of work is, you know, when you're working in a traditional setting and you're working in outpatient or home care or a hospital, you don't get to pick your patients. You know what I mean? They just like show up and that's who you have to work with. Where this, you can say no, you can say yes. Hey, yes, I, this is a good fit. This resonates for me. You know, it's easy. It's in a state of flow. This works. Like, let's work together. And honestly, I, I really feel like with coaching, especially there, there needs to be a good fit because oh, otherwise sure. it doesn't work. It yeah. just doesn't work. Like if there's not a good vibe, a good resonance. It doesn't work. I don't have a $99 gate crasher, but I do have a three month minimum for one-on-one coaching. And I do have uh, a guarantee after 30 days. Yeah. I love the guarantee. I love the guarantee. It's not worth it because it's, again, it's not going to the basics of marketing and sales, which is if you're not loving me, why would I want you to work with me? Because all you're going to do is go out and say, Trish was only so-so, which doesn't help my business. So it's in flow. It's in sync if both of us are really, really working at our maximum capacity. And I'd way rather eat that, you know, monthly first payment and do really good work. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I'm going to ask you one question before we move into our rapid fire, which is how we end things at the Hit Podcast. Okay, so let's back into kind of being the business owner, being the CEO. Tell me what is one of the best resources that you have used to help you grow as the CEO of your company? So there's an amazing book called The E-Myth. Yeah, I love that book. And that book for me was a game changer. And, you know, again, completely transparently, I'm still in the process of transforming and shifting from owning a job to owning a business, right? So I have for years owned a job and I still do. Technically, I still own a job, right? Because I am doing all the coaching. I have the contract with, you know, the contract, the corporate ones, right? And I myself, Jill, I am providing all the coaching, right? Mm -hmm. I'm also providing all the personal coaching that I do. And I love it. It's great. It's good fun, right? All good stuff. But the e-myth is now like, whoa, now I'm inspired because I'm like, okay, instead of me coaching for another company, I want to be the company. Like that's my dream right now. That is my next set of goals and aspirations is I want to be the company that gets the contract. And then I don't do the coaching. I'm going to funnel it through me. Like that's my ultimate goal, right? And again, it's very serendipitous because this group of coaches that I've assembled on OT coaches in the Facebook group, all of them are like aspiring coaches. Like they're either already have their coaching business or they're looking to get their own coaching business. And I totally can envision like getting a contract, working out all the details and then filtering it through me 
And then other people then get to coach and that's a total win-win. Yeah. Right. So then everybody wins. There's that saying from the e-myth that really blew the lid off my clinic when I read it in 2018. And that is working more on your business. On your business, not in it. Yeah. Amen, and you know, we talk about that in the quiz at OTs Get Paid. We have you take a set of, I think it's 12 questions at this point, but it's to allow people to see where they are if they're in the start or the grow or the scale phase of their business and how to continue yeah. to grow. And one of the big delineations is, you know, are you like an underpaid therapist with a job, right? Are you a feast and famine business owner or are you a money despair CEO? And we are yeah. constantly trying to make that shift. I'm glad you mentioned that book. I love it yeah. too. Yeah. And I love, I love that feast or famine business owner versus like, how did you say it? Money to burn or money to spare? Money to spare CEO is yeah. like a person that's scaling. Yeah. And then a person that's in the start phase is an underpaid therapist with a business. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. I and I love what you're doing. Can I just say that? Can I give you a shout out on your own podcast? Um, let me think. Uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Trish is awesome, you guys. She's amazing. She's got this great program that I just signed up for too. I'm That's so true. excited to have you be my teacher. Because yes. the truth is, honest to God, like, I mean, I've been doing this a long time, right? I've been a coach for a very long time. I've been an OT for, but I don't know everything. Like I'm in a space of, you know, being humble too, to learn from other therapists and to learn from other people that are doing amazing things out there. So it's exciting for me to be a student of yours too. I'm this excited. This is good fun. Yeah, I'm giving you a shout out on your own podcast. Thanks, Jill. Jill is one of the founding members of the 100K Club, which is my first group coaching program that I'm putting together for people that are already grossing 100 revenue and want to net a hundred K and I'm doing it without like working 24 seven. So uh, thank you for that. And And it's so good. You guys, I only did the first module and it's already like, Oh my God, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. It's so good. good. I'll need to send you the check later. Thanks. So um, (laughs) she didn't pay me to say that. I said, I did not. Uh, (laughs) I would like to say though, that I think one of the big themes and, you know, way back in the olden days when Laura and I started the OT Entrepreneur Summit was that we wanted OTs to be the leader in these spaces, right? We yes. wanted to be the leads in learning how to be a good coach or learning how to grow a business as opposed to feeling like we were following the leads of other people. So I love that that resonates with you. And I, lo- I know you sit in that space too. Like we are Absolutely. all willing to learn all the time. I think the best OTs are, the, are lifelong learners. And I think most Absolutely. of them are. And additionally, there's something extra exciting these days about learning from other OTs that are yes. doing it. And I think that's great. Okay. Thank you for that. Rapid fires question at the end. Are you ready? Okay. Go ahead. Hit me. What is your biggest personal money splurge? So I have two. One was my wedding. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, that I was, again, able to pay cash for. And when I say cash, I didn't show up with a wad of Benjamin. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. yeah. <laughs> You're not the I mom. Like, yeah, I get it. checks the whole time. But, but like literally no debt, like was able to completely pay cash for the wedding, which in New Jersey is a big deal. I mean, you know, I'm from the East Coast, right? So we have big weddings here. And then the second one, I just bought a car. I just bought a brand new car. Again, the car was like 40 grand and I didn't have to finance it. Like I actually had money in it. And the funny thing is I was going to get, given that I work for BMW, I was going to get a BMW, but this is going to sound bad if they're listening. <laughs> the BMW cars aren't ranked as good on Consumer Reports. So I did not get a Beamer. I got another car that was much more practical. I have a Subaru yeah. Crosstrek, but I was able to get a brand new one and didn't have you to finance really it. Which is, Subaru Crosstrek. I, I love my car. I love it. 
I love people it. love their Subarus. Yeah. I love cars and I grew up with a dad who loved cars. And I actually knew I'd hit a really neat moment about four years ago when I went and no, maybe it was a little longer actually. And I bought at that point, you know, I've handed it off to my kids, but I bought like the cushiest Honda Pilot on the market. Like yeah. I traded in a Mercedes because it was just a lemon and I hated it. And I was like, yeah. get away from me. And I went for like the sturdiest. My friend hopped into it and she's like, it's like driving a living room. I'm like, it's like driving <laughs> a living room. But I remember actually calling up my financial advisor and saying, like, should I pay cash for this or should I use their financing? Because by keeping money with my investment accounts, I was actually making more. That's exactly what I did. Literally exactly what I did. Like yeah. technically I could have written a check and totally. Same thing. paid the whole thing. But the coolest thing was I did end up financing part of it yeah. um, because the financing rate was ridiculous. I know. It was like 1.9. And exactly. then I ended up keeping my money in the bank where I'm making more interest. That felt like such a badass move to me. I was like, I just yeah. think it's so cool that I'm like, you know, I will tell one funny story and this is a little bit of an aside, but I, I went in to sign it. And again, I traded a Mercedes, which again, in my personal opinion, was a total lemon. And, but it was a wagon and I do love me a wagon. And I walked in and the woman was like, the Honda finance lady was like, so jazzed. Like she was like, oh my God, you've just got this amazing new pilot. Are you so excited? And I was like, it's a Honda pilot. Right, right, right. right. It's a practical car. It's a living room. Because it's a living room on wheels with all wheel drive that I can like yeah. turn my children around. But yeah, now my children are both driving that. So, okay. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm all about practical cars. Well, though. especially in Alberta where it's yeah, like right? the plains and the mountains, you need the, it's like the Subaru Crosstrek of, you know, sedan. I mean, uh, exactly. Boxes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it's liable. Okay. What is your biggest business related splurge? Business splurge. So in 2018, I completely redid my website and that was not cheap. So I would say that because like when I first started, and again, keep in mind, this is pretty funny. I've been coaching for 20 years. When I started coaching, I didn't have a website. I didn't have a business card. I had nothing, literally nothing. In fact, computers were just starting to become popular. So we didn't even have computers in our houses. I know everybody that's like in their 20s right now is like, oh. I'm nodding away. I'm right? literally like, nodding away. We didn't I'm- have, I didn't have an email address. Like that just wasn't a thing. So I started my business with just telling people what I did and getting their phone number and calling them, you know, cell phones existed, but it started with very humble beginnings. And then a few years in, a friend of mine, again, I bartered and got a, got a website, but it was just like this you know, I don't want to say it was cheesy, but it was just a super simple website that was put up, right? And my original, original, original coaching was mostly around health and wellness, right? Health, diet, exercise, you know, getting people into action around fitness and whatever. But then as the years went on, it evolved and it wasn't just about that. It was way more. So now, yeah, I splurged on a website in 2018. And again, coaches, like I'm always paying for coaches. That's not cheap either. So, yeah. Okay. Second to last question. Where do you have paid and or unpaid help in your life? Oh gosh. A cleaning lady. Mm -hmm. 100%. I love her. Also all of the household big projects that we need done. Like I hear other people talking about like, oh, you know, we, my husband and I redid our kitchen or we redid the loft or blah, blah, blah. Like anything like that. I write the check because I could I just don't, I just want it done. I don't want to be doing it. 
Like I don't. No, and I actually don't even have the aptitude to do it. But yeah, I just hire out like all the things around the house. Me too. I mostly just hire. I always invite my husband to do it first. I say, okay, do you want this? Because it needs to get done. And I don't want to just write the check. If he wants to do it, I don't want to disrespect him. I always give him first right of refusal. And some things he wants to do, but then other things I'm like, now we're totally writing a check. So, so yeah, cleaning lady and household things, I farm out. I love it. Okay, last question. If I could wave my magic money wand and put seven figures in Mm. your business right now, what would you spend it on? Oh, what a great question. I am a junkie for learning. Me too. I really am a junkie for learning. So I would take those seven figures. I could tell you my next level of learning is I would hire mentors for sure, business mentors and things like that. And then the next set of learning I want to do is I want to do a podcast. Like I want to know how to do a podcast. And I haven't done one so far because I don't want to like, not that I don't know how, I I certainly could talk, but like there's a lot of other details. There's editing, there's producing, blah, blah, blah. Like I would have somebody do that. And I would love to do videos on YouTube because I don't have a presence on YouTube, right? So it would be really fun to have a presence. But the reason I don't have a presence is say, like, I don't want to look stupid. I don't want to like, I don't know how to do it. Like, I literally don't know how to do it, which is embarrassing to say that because there's like 10 year olds right now that are doing YouTube videos, you know, and they're figuring it out and they're 10, but like, I did not grow up with technology. So, so yeah, that's a huge learning curve for me. So that's where I would spend the money and hopefully it wouldn't take six figures or seven figures. Oh, I don't but, think yeah, so, charge that much. Yeah. Help. So if there's anybody out there willing and you want to barter with me to do uh, coaching and we could swap it out for somebody to edit my podcast or help me with YouTube videos or, or maybe, I don't know. I was listening to one of your podcasts and somebody said there were stylists or something, or they had a stylist. It's like, ah, what a great idea to somebody right. just, you know, like give me tips on what I look like. So right. I, look, I, I don't look like a dork, you know? <laughs> well, I think in COVID <laughs> online, we can be dorky for a while longer. Yes. Actually, I, I mean, I'm not a huge spender on clothes. I used to be like, pre-babies. And when I lived in Manhattan, yeah. I would get it right out. And then I lived in Toronto for years and years, but Calgary's just not like a super fashionista town, yeah. especially with COVID. Like I, when I had the clinic, I actually had, I really loved my clothes because I felt like the CEO and I could drop on the floor at any second and play like a lot of bananas, yes. but I still loved it. And now I feel like the amount of money I've saved on clothes, because I'm just wearing a lot of old Lululemon, I'm not going to lie. Well, <laughs> that's what happens when you work from home. Yeah, well, that's it. And the t-shirt I have right now is from Old Navy and it's probably, I'm going to say, eight years old. Like, Yep, same. Yeah. You yeah. and I can hang with the wardrobe because I'm the same exact yeah. way. Like clothes are so not my most important thing. Exactly, when life yeah. picks up again. Mm-hmm. All right, Jill, thank you so much. I mentioned it earlier and I just feel like we are so lucky. I always am so blown away by the amount of the quality of the occupational therapists that come on this podcast and also just the more that we learn about what is out there and what people are doing with their occupational therapy careers. As I said, your secret sauce is clearly being authentic and full of passion and really, really devoted to your clients. I hear that very, very clearly. If people want to come find you, we've mentioned the OT Coaches Facebook group. Where else can they find you if they want to connect with you? I tell people seriously just to Google my name, Jill Garafa, G-A-R-A-F-F-A. Just put my name in Google. You'll see my website. Um, If you want to go to my website directly, seedsofchangecoaching.com. Seedsofchangecoaching.com. You could peruse there, you know, click contact us. I would be happy to chat with you and uh, again, offer you a trial. 
we may or may not be a fit. If we're not a fit, I have so many other amazing coaches I can refer you to. And yeah, so. Wonderful. Well, we'll put that link in the show notes too. Thank you for coming on today, Joe. Thank you. And thanks for having me. And thank you for all you're doing in this space, Trish. It's so exciting. We're we're really lucky. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. This has been OTs Get Paid, recorded live in Studio C. That's Studio Closet. I'm Trish Williams. If you had feedback on today's episode, send us a DM on IG at OTs Get Paid or join our Facebook group at OTs Get Paid. We would really love to hear from you. We'd also love it if you could subscribe and write a review for the podcast. Each month, I'll pick a random review for a shout out to get your name and business on the air. Until next time.